You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions, and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. My guest today is Phyllis Song, founder of Phyllis Song Consulting, the premier virtual assistant agency for both personal and professional services. And I am bringing Phyllis on today. It's a little bit of a different show as opposed to speaking just about running a larger organization, which of course she does. I believe last year she placed 400 and something virtual assistants with people all around the world, which is absolutely incredible. The the army of virtual assistants. I'm actually looking for a little bit more of a tutorial today because I love my virtual assistant. I don't know how I would survive without her running a business on my own. And I know there are people who use virtual assistants for both personal and professional purposes, but it's You know, my focus, of course, in this show, regardless of the industry that my guests are coming from or the role that they have, is all about communication. And I know an awful lot of people who need and often have a virtual assistant, particularly for their businesses. But some of the challenges arise because there is a little bit of a communications gap, just as there is with your direct reports, your employees, your coworkers, et cetera. Well, when they're on the other side of the planet, and have other elements that, that get involved, like time zone differences and all that kind of fun stuff, communication becomes all the more essential. So I'm happy to have Phyllis here today to share with us some strategies, some tips, some ideas for how to communicate most effectively to get the best results with your virtual assistant. Phyllis, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, hello. How are you doing? And hi, everyone. I am great. And I'm so glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit first and foremost, about your company. What's your 30-second elevator pitch? So what I do is I help, you know, overwhelm and exhaust the business owner who always run behind, have a long list of to-do, to hire a virtual assistant so that, you know, they can accomplish all their goals, still have their ultimate freedom in time and money, and they can have both at the same time. Beautiful. And I think we all need more of that time and money. That's usually I find that I've got one, but not the other. So I can have both that sounds good to me. And if I'm not mistaken, you only work like two weeks a month, right? Because you've figured out how to hire enough virtual assistants that they take care of all the other stuff that you don't want to take care of so that you can both run your business and run your family. Do I have that right? Yes, absolutely, Laura. You know, it wasn't like that before. You know, once upon a time, I was uh, overwhelmed, overweight, you know, busy business owner and mother. And at the end, I'm just getting to my pain point where I figure it out that, you know, virtual assistant is amazing. And uh, it only costs you a fraction of the cost. And it really created my ultimate freedom in life. And you just realized you could do that and help everybody else have that too. Yes, absolutely. I've been using them for 10 years, having a lot of fun and making a lot of good money, you know, for 10 years. And then one day, one of my dear friend, you know, um, actually told me that you should start this business. And I thought everybody know how to do it. And then I turned out to be wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> very, very wrong. So today we're going to shed some light on that because it's not just about, you know, 
you order something off of the menu and it gets delivered to you in the same package that it looks like it on Amazon. This is a little bit more complicated of a relationship, but it's one that just with a few little adjustments or some mindfulness in a few key areas can be super helpful, super smooth, and hopefully make everybody else's life easier too. So let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit, Phyllis, tell me about what a virtual assistant or a VA does. When you hear us say VA, we mean virtual assistant. What's the general sort of range of services that a VA may offer and who hires them? Technically, anybody, any business professional, any business owners, anybody that really want to get more time. I even help moms hire virtual assistants to be a tutor for their kids. So that way they don't have to deal with it or order food, order deliveries. What a virtual assistant can do, technically anything that they can do using a computer. So I help anybody hiring people from sales, customer service, managing Amazon tickets, social media is huge, right? Community manager, video editor, you know, graphic designer, you know, transaction coordinator, if you're a real estate agent, paralegal, if you're a law firm, technically you name it, we can hire even, you know, website encoders, you know. Yeah. So technically anything that you can think about, we'll be able to find somebody that will be able to do that for you as long as that is what you're looking for. And obviously, usually it's in a lower level, right? But again, you know, my CEO for my company is also from Philippines because she has been with me for nine years. Wow. And it really is the full range from the creative side to the more technical side could be writing some basic copy like email and other correspondence or data entry, Excel spreadsheets, some basic coding, maybe WordPress, or even accounting like QuickBooks software and and those kinds of things. Am I hearing that correctly? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I even have people who actually tell them to study 10 articles because they're investor, 10 articles, combine them into a one hour read. And then that is what the CEO read every day. Oh, wow. So they do all the background reading and then they create the digest, the executive summary of sorts. Yep. Save them uh, 10 hours. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. That would save a lot. It's almost like having your own, you know, audible of sorts, your digest this and yep. read it for me. That's terrific. So then when you think about how you've had to learn to communicate with this group and to bring the, your own virtual assistants to be really your right hand, as it were, for yourself, and then teach others that process, what have you learned about the difference between communicating with a virtual assistant versus communicating with clients who are looking for virtual assistance? How do you have to shift in helping them each understand each other? So, you know, for my clients, most of them are DI. You know, if you know the dispersionate profile type, DI, that means they're very dominant, you know, they're a people person. Usually they're not really as organized. So a lot of time when I talk to my clients, they're more big picture, you know, this is how you're going to get. And you talk about to them about the outcome. This is what you're going to get. This is this is what you're looking for. This is what you're going to get. This is why they're business leaders. They're big picture thinkers. They're yep. okay. And they're usually not organized. So I say, it's okay, embrace your you know, an organization. We're okay with that. But with a virtual assistant, it, now you're going into, you know, again, they are more, most likely the CS, right? They're very mm. precise. They need to be certainty driven. You know, you need to tell them very detailed of what do you want? Because the more that they know, the better they can deliver because they will always ask, okay, so like, you know, if you want to order lunch, business owners, will, you know, the client will be like, okay, just ex- as long as it's delivered and everybody have one. But the virtual system will be like, okay, what time, when, how many, what is the price point per order? Where do you like, right? So they will ask very specific questions so that they can deliver it for you. 
And then ultimately, that is where the gap is when, you know, business owner meet virtual assistant. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it in terms of the DISC profile. And for anybody out there who's never taken the DISC or isn't familiar with it, it's one of those, I'm going to call it personality tests, quote unquote, where, you know, you try to figure out right, who's more introverted versus extroverted and who's more leading with their head versus with their heart and, you know, all those other kinds of, you know, dichotomies that different kinds of profiles will ask you. And then they look at their combinations and what that says about how you lead or how you communicate, et cetera, relative to others. And so to think about your average clients are usually a high D of some sort or higher mm-hmm. on the D side, the, the big picture thinkers trying to do a whole bunch of things. And that a typical virtual assistant is more the S or the C, the detail oriented, people who are good at routines, people who are good at, yes. at looking at the smaller details who are super consistent, yes. who, you know, like spreadsheets and like all this. Yep. And it's funny because as you're describing this, I'm going, oh, so you do know me better than I thought you knew me. <laughs> okay, well, that explains a lot here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very much all sort of DI and the S and C, I don't even think they're on my charts. So that's that's a little too accurate for, for me. I'm going to have to go in and do a little more introspection afterwards. But it also explains why I have such a great relationship with my VA, because she compliments me really well. And we have learned to talk to each other. Now, there's so many VAs out there. I, I can't imagine that they are all good at all of these things. Yes. So if someone out there were looking for a virtual assistant, they maybe never had an assistant of any sort before, virtual or otherwise, they want to explore this. Where would they start? How would they how would they figure out what they need a virtual assistant to do and how to find the right one? How do you vet a VA, so to speak? So our process is pretty simple. At the beginning, we just tell them to write everything down, kind of like a brain dump, you know, write down what they really like to do, what they can delegate and what they do not like to do, right? And then all the stuff that they do not want to do and do want to delegate, we will look into that list and it will figure out what kind of VAs would they need. And then we also will do personality tests like this profile, Meyer Briggs, 16 person profile, and also the six human needs mm. to figure out whether they are really working out with this task list that they want to do or not. And obviously, you know, then we'll kind of match it up because we really believe that, you know, you can't really get an eye personality person to do accounting job because they're going to be miserable and not going not gonna to do well. And you cannot really get an accounting person to do customer service. Okay, eventually they're going to burn out. So even if you have a really amazing boss, they're not going to last. So we take that into consideration. So, you know, as a client, if you're looking for somebody, that is what you want to look for. Like what are the to-dos and what is their strength? And then also most importantly, one of the biggest gaps, just like what I talk about, the you know, the, the DI and SC is, mm-hmm. are you looking for somebody like you? Are you looking for somebody to, you know, compliment you? Mm. Because sometimes like, they're not like me. I don't know how to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. But do you really want somebody like you or do you want somebody compliment you? Because two different outcomes. So, you know. Right. Yeah. It's it's funny. I had a flashback maybe 15 years ago when I first started consulting. I downloaded QuickBooks, bookkeeping software. Yep. And they're like, oh, it, it's quick. Anybody should be able to do that. I think I tried for maybe six weeks. It may have been less. It certainly felt like six weeks. It could have been two. I don't remember at this point. I blocked it out. But you know, I tried yep. teaching myself. I tried watching videos. I tried hiring someone to teach me. I had a friend come over. I just cried like all the time. And I'm such an eye. And so not a, a, yeah, that just, my brain does not process that kind of stuff. So, so glad to be able to hire people to, to help doing it. Yep. And I think that's so important to recognize that it's a catch-22 in some ways, right? Because yes. someone who is like you, means you'll understand each other really well, but they may not be able to do what you need them to do because if they could, then probably you would have been able to do it too. Yep. But then if you're going to find someone who compliments you with their skill set, 
there's probably going to be a little bit of a different personality involved. Yep. So you're going to need to learn to communicate differently somehow. Yes. So what are some of the challenges that you find with regard to communication? What are some of the biggest pitfalls that your clients will basically fall into and how can they avoid them? I just kind of what we talk about this, you know, I think we're talking about a lot of this here, right? So again, you know, because they are dominant, right? They're big picture thinking. A lot of times they would just tell their VAs and say, hey, I want this thing to get done. How do you want to do it? Sometimes I even get into it. I don't know, figure it out. I don't have the time to tell you. Can you give me an example? Give me an example. Are we talking about spreadsheets? We're talking graphic design. Give me an example. What would the conversation look like? Yeah, graphic design is one of the most miscommunicated one okay. because it's like, hey, I want you to create me something nice. I need to send it out to my client. It's a flyer. You know, so then the VA will come back and do it. And then they're like, oh no, I don't really like it. So now I ask the VA to ask them, what color do you want? What kind of fun style do you want? What kind of, you know, feeling do you want it to get out of? So then they can ask you precisely. So as a virtual assistant, it's your job to collect those data from the client. Mm. So I put a lot on the virtual assistant. It's your job to get the data from the client. It's not the client's job to give it to you. Because I know in my mind is client is harder to train Mm. (laughs) because everybody is busy. But again, the VA is easier to train because they have more time and more patient. So I train the VA how to tell, ask the client, hey, do you want red color? Do you want blue? Do Do you like calligraphy? Do you like bigger font or smaller? Whatever that is. So the more that they ask the question, the easier the task will get. Yes. And one of the training that I give them is give them the confidence. Tell them that, you know, the more that you ask questions, the less chances that you're going to lose your job. Mm. Then they're like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to ask more questions. Yeah. It's funny how, you know, people who, and this is part of the the D, part of the big picture, you know, we don't think in terms of the execution details. That's, that's not how we tend to work. But I laugh sometimes, and I shared this with you earlier, that. I'll have people call me sometimes, somebody who's, you know, the EVP of whatever it is. And they'll say, Laura, I want you to coach my guy. I want you to help him get ready for this. And I'll say, okay, well, how can I help them? And they'll say to me, well, you know, he's not a really good communicator. Yes. He needs to be a better communicator. And I'll say, okay, (laughs) could you be a little more specific? And in what ways is he not such a good communicator? And they'll say, literally, somebody responded to that question by saying, well, you know, he just doesn't communicate very well. Yes. And I thought, are you kidding me? That's your answer? Like, you are the one you consider yourself to be a good communicator. And when I asked you to define what it means to need to communicate better, you said, well, he just doesn't do it well. Like, okay, um, so apparently I'm going to have to do a little bit of digging here. And it's like, well, so yep. for example, how is he in public speaking? Or how is he with diplomacy? Or how is he in board meetings? Or how is he when he's client facing versus in, and there's like, oh, oh, oh. And then, you know, with a multiple choice, suddenly they're able to give more details, but yes. just to come up with it off the top of their head, they he just didn't know where to start. He just knew the overall experience, the aggregate X number of years they'd been working together was this overall quality and he wanted me to improve it. Yes. But it, it was too lumped together for him to be able on his own to pick out specifics. Yep. Am I, I mean, this is an analogy, but does this sound familiar? Absolutely. That is the number one reason why it doesn't work out. It's like, it doesn't work. They don't know what I want. I say, yes, they don't know what you want. That's what you need to tell them. Because <laughs> they can't read your mind. Funny how that works. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So to everybody else out there, if I'm understanding the instructions correctly, if you're thinking about hiring a VA first and foremost, There's the big picture. So step one would be make the big list overall of what are the things that you do overall that you like to do and what are the things that you don't like to do and, if possible, would like to offload. And then with regard to any specific tasks that you're going to give somebody, 
you need to really think about how to articulate. And I might even suggest, say it out loud to yourself. Yes. Can you describe to yourself what you want this to look like? What are the specifications, the time frames, et cetera? Because if you can't articulate it to yourself, you'll never be able to articulate it to somebody else because at least you know what you mean by it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, another example that I would love to share with you is a lot of the client, especially if they are from, you know, like a UK culture or Australia culture, they have genuinely very nice people. So they will use, you know, things like, I prefer you to do it this way. Mm. But then the VA thinks, oh, it's okay to do it this way, but it's also okay not to do it this way mm. because you only prefer. It's not that you really want. So then I have the coach, the client say, no, you have to tell them this is exactly what I want. Mm. I want you to show up five minutes ahead of time. It's not okay for you to not show up or just be on time. So like for me, I say, everybody, it's okay for me to be late. I'm sorry. I'm really honest, right? <laughs> but it's not okay for you to be late, because especially you are getting paid. Mm. So I need you to be five minutes ahead. When I showed up, everybody need to be in here. Mm. But another reason why client doesn't work out is, oh, I prefer you to do this. And then they come to me, Phyllis, I keep telling you that I prefer them to do it this way. But it's already two weeks. They're not doing it my way. Mm. I said, why would you need to add the word prefer? Oh, I'm just nice. I don't want to tell them exactly how I feel. Mm. Yeah. So then they say, oh, and now I need to start channeling Phyllis because Phyllis is very direct. I say, yes, because I'm Asian too. So <laughs> I cannot beat around the bush. Then, you know, I, you will lose the, the meaning of the words. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. And I think that's common in the United States also. Depending on the person, there are those who prefer to be nice and be gentle and sort of suggest. And there are those who are like, nope, I want X, Y, and Z. And so let's let's actually address that because since the majority of the VAs who work for you are in the Philippines, let's look at some of the cultural differences because yes. as I like to say, my job is really to close the gap between what I think I say mm -hmm. and what you think you hear. Yes. Right. We all know what we mean in our own minds. Yep. And then we speak, words come out of our mouth, they go into somebody else's ears and it gets processed in their brain computer and the result that they come up with is not at all like what we thought we were trying to convey in the first place. So tell me about, and again, we're grossly generalizing here and talking about US, UK Absolutely. versus the Philippines, etc. But on the whole, if you're working with a Filipina VA, what are some things we should be aware of as far as how they might ask us questions or not ask us questions, how they might interpret things or what they would feel comfortable or not feel comfortable hearing. If I were to say, look, I need this by Friday or you need to redo this because there's these problems with it. I don't want them to feel hurt. I don't want them to take it personally, like if there's a correction or something, but I also want to be clear. So how do I find that balance and respect the cultural lines? What should I expect from them so that we find that balance between being clear, but still being Nice. I love it. You know, so for me, I usually was, you know, on the first day, I usually will set a baseline with them. I usually will tell them that, you know, when I am working, I usually don't smile too much because I'm in my head. So I'm forgetting to smile. But if I'm not smiling, it's not that I'm, I do not like you. If I do not like you, I will let you know. Mm. I will obviously always use this uh, feedback is love, right? If I give you harsh feedback is because I love you too much and I know you're going to handle it. So don't take it negatively. Mm. The third one I usually tell them is uh, shyness does not make you money <laughs> mm. because they're usually very shy. So they tend to not want to ask you questions and doesn't do not make you money. Just means that, you know, if you don't ask questions, you're going to make a lot of mistakes then eventually you're going to get fired. Would you want to get fired from a position? No, because I know you're better than that. So ask the question that you need to ask because you cannot be shy in the workplace. Hmm. You know, for all the clients out there, all the business owners out there, you know, you just want to understand that their culture is a lot more submissive and they're also very blue. We're talking about spiral dynamic. Blue people means that they follow rules. 
They don't really usually go overly creative into your realm unless you give them permission. Like my VA that has been with me for nine years, I give her permission over and over. So now she is exploring the whole, you know, Atlantic for me, right? Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, they only touch a little bit because they're afraid that if I did something wrong, you're going to fire me because that is the culture. Don't do anything wrong. Do not go above and beyond too much because that is actually wrong. Mm, don't overstep your limits. Don't take liberties, those kinds of exactly. things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't ask why. Don't ask me any question. I tell you to do something, you do. So here we train them that, hey, you need to ask us more questions. Everything that you learn, you know, just take it down, trash it. And I'm going to teach you again. Be open-minded, you know, be positive. You know, uh, I tell them about change your energy, change your life. So instead of, you know, smile, be more cheerful and just be supportive with your clients. But again, uh, ultimately is just remember they are from a very submissive culture and uh, people do not want them to ask any questions. So, mm. so they are more like, okay, boss. Okay. Yes, boss. Thank you, boss. Okay. I'll do it, boss. But they won't really ask you unless they know that you give them a permission and you actually enjoy them asking you permission. Then they will start opening up. Then, you know, the rest will be history. So just to clarify, in case anybody else is confused, you mentioned that you're Asian, but you're not Filipina, correct? No, I'm actually Chinese, but I'm in United States for 20 years. So I realized the huge cultural difference. Sure. And that's what helped me with my business. Right. Okay. So there is just so that everybody else out there is going, wait, she said this, but she's talking about them versus us versus. So, yes, just want to make sure everything is in there. And of course, all Asians, of course, are not the same. And there's very big differences. But one thing that I know personally from having lived in Japan for a number of years. And you can say this is common from China as well. And I know it has been expressed for a number of clients I've had from the Philippines and elsewhere that one thing that is a commonly shared value in Asia and many other parts of the world as well is a more traditionally hierarchical, stricter definition of respect. Yes. Respect for elders, respect for bosses, respect for those kinds of things. And that Respect translates more literally to submission. Yes. And deference. Absolutely. So the idea of asking questions, of challenging, of thinking outside the box, of yes. taking liberties, that is very countercultural many ways. And whereas yes. we want people to, you know, try different things, you know, pitch me some ideas. Or if you don't understand, tell me. Or if you've got a better idea or you don't understand why, you know, it, I want you to ask me questions. I'd rather you ask the question now than do. And in their brains, they're like, you want me to do what? If I were to do that, you're so you're basically asking me to get fired because you're asking me to do all these things, which in my brain says you're asking me to disrespect you on a regular and daily basis. Am I understanding that? So yeah. how do we bridge that gap? How could and I think that most of my listeners are probably the majority are in the U.S. So let's stick with that for the moment and for anybody else, of course, too. But for an American who is looking to hire a VA from the Philippines, mm-hmm. how can they be clear but also culturally sensitive, especially in the beginning and onboarding a VA to sort of recondition that assistant to understand that here's what I need you to do and that is not going to get you fired, believe it or not. I, I need you to do this. I don't want to fire anybody. I want us to both be happy working with each other. And here's how I need that to look. Please tell me what you need to make it work for you as well. Because we want them to be comfortable, not just yes. you know and able to freely create and, and produce as well. So I go back to Jerry Maguire a lot. If you ever saw that movie with Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger, mm-hmm. and uh, when he was talking to Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's like, Rod, you know, help me help you. Help me help you. Yes. So for the clients out there hiring VAs, what advice can you give the clients to help the VA 
to help you? How can you instruct them? I would say celebrate the wins, right? You know, recognizing the things that you want them to do and then just tell them, great job, well done, man. I love that you asked me that question. Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, great job. So then you can build that momentum outside and then they will feel good. Like, wow, okay, she actually really liked me asking that question. Oh, wow, she really liked me clarifying them. So then they were like, okay, I can start doing this. And again, you know, just kind of like, you know, one of my coach, Tony said, if they make a mistake, don't just yell at them, hmm. right? It's like, wow, you know, like I actually congrat my VAs. I say, congratulations, you make a mistake. Yeah, hey, you know, we're growing together. But moving forward, what do we need to do to prevent that to happen? And then she will tell me more. And then usually afterwards, she's just like, man, boss, like you are the best boss I ever worked with because other bosses would have fired me or just make me feel bad, made me feel like a loser, but you don't. You actually re-motivate me and make me grow bigger or mm. further, so... I would think that would be the best advice. Yes, yes, definitely. Celebrate the wins. And as they say, you know, catch people doing stuff right. Help them to see, to reinforce yep. certain behaviors that way. Oh, you mentioned something a moment ago that just triggered like three or four more ideas in my head and then they all just flew right out. It'll come back to me in a couple of minutes. So <laughs> let's see. What about, I think I want to look at the mode of communication, not just what is communicated because working with virtual, and look, we've all been shoved into the virtual world's 24-7 nowadays. Yep. But I think there are certain things, tell me if you agree with this, mm -hmm. that need to be communicated in writing yes. by email and certain things that need to be communicated on video yes. with face-to-face -face conversations. Where do you think that line is drawn? What's best to communicate in writing and what's best to communicate this way, even when there's a 12-hour time difference for some people? So, And how does that work also? Yeah. So for virtual assistant, I treat them like an employee style. So if I need them, I need them to commit that they are working nine to five my time or eight to six my time. I have never find that it works if they work their night shift and I work my morning shift because the communication and the relationship just kind of wobble. And then whenever you need something, they're not there. And then whenever they're there, you're not here. So there's not a lot of clarifying and verifying that you can do. Mm. So there's just going to be a lot of miscommunication. As for mode of use, uh, whatever device, I think it's usually the preferences of what the business owner like. Like for me, I use a lot heavily on WhatsApp because I like voice note. I like to send files from there. So I communicate with them a lot on WhatsApp. Hmm. So, you know, so WhatsApp, I think, you know, will be equated to like emails. Like if you prefer to use email, then tell them that like delegating tasks, email, I think will be great. WhatsApp will be great. However, doing trainings or you want to build relationship or you want to tell them something like a contract that need to be filled out specifically. Then I'll strongly suggest using Zoom, share screen, and then you teach them how to do it, right? You show them mm. how to do it and show them the why. And then at the same time, you give them the remote control and ask them to do it on your computer from start to finish. So that way you, you do it once and then you tell them to verify whether they got it or not because they're doing it right next to you, right? If they mm. don't know how to do it, you can immediately catch it because, you know, I call it show and show. Use your eye to see because we might have miscommunication if we just verbalize it. Sure. So it's show and show. Yes. And last but not least is always get the virtual assistant to record the call. Yes. Because ultimately, you know, business owners are usually very familiar with their stuff. Hmm. So they might be just like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, because 10 years of my life. However, with a virtual assistant, this is first time seeing it. You don't have the time to teach them four or five times. However, they can always replay the video four, five, six times. Then they are very skilled now, but you only teach them one time. So sometimes clients is like, man, Phyllis, the VIA is so smart. I taught them one time and they got it all. 
I say I know because they watch it 19 times on replay. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's great advice. And I'm that's why I love recording these conversations, not just so everybody else can listen to it, of course, but for me too. And there's a number of people that I end up working with, you know, contractors for different things. And it's like when in doubt, just let's have a Zoom call and let's record it because man, being able to go back later on makes such a difference. Yep. And I love the idea of screen sharing. It's, it hadn't really occurred to me how really crucial of a teaching tool that would be because if you can model it and write it out and say it at the same time and explain as you go, that's sort of a like three layers of protection at that point. So hopefully really avoid misunderstandings at that point. Yes. And uh, one thing, a lot of business owners, I, I don't have the time to train, right? And mm. I, I tell them, you don't have to train them. Whenever you are doing what you need to do, share your screen so they will see what you do. And then while you know that, oh, this, this is the part I need to delegate to you. So look at what I do. And then you're going to learn that. This is what I do, learn that. So then now you're doing it while you're training them. So you don't have to find extra time to make extra recording just for them. Right, right. And you know what it occurred to me a minute ago, what the thought was with regard to giving feedback or asking them for feedback? Two things. One is that I find that often people who are afraid to ask questions because they don't either want to sound stupid or they don't want to insult you, Mm -hmm. that we make the mistake of asking, so do you have any questions? Yes. And the answer is no, or the real answer is yes, but the what they say is no. So if we just skip the yes or no question and assume that the answer is yes, that there are, Mm -hmm. and ask them instead, you know, so what questions do you have? Oh, I like that. Just point blank. Let's assume that there are. So tell me the questions. I'm sure you have a couple. Yes. What are they? Yes. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, it's my turn to edge of the conversation now. So I will answer the question that I'm asked. And I think that helps on the one. And the other thing that I have found with certain groups who are a little bit more sensitive towards who take correction very sensitively is to frame it as, you know, I'm working on my communication skills also. I'm trying to be a better communicator. Can you tell me of everything that I just explained? What part could I have explained better? Absolutely. What part do you need? So take the responsibility on myself for realizing that I may not be a perfect communicator. So I need you to help me and give me feedback on that. And then it sort of turns the tables, which takes a little bit of the pressure off. Yes. You actually reminded me one thing. I always stress on them that I don't know what I don't know. Just tell them, I don't know what I don't know. Today's my first day. So, you know, is there anything else that I should know that I don't know at this moment? So that way they can think, oh, actually, you know, yeah, make sure that you check out this thing or that thing. Because again, you know, the virtual assistant need to remind the clients that I really don't know your business. You might think that I know, but I don't. So can you tell me more? Yeah. Or hey, if I miss a, made a mistake, I apologize because I don't know. I, that I don't know about this thing. Sure. So please, you know, share with me again so that way I can, you know, get better. So. Right. Or maybe even reminding them or just reminding yourself as the client to state something like, you know, I know you can't read my mind. I'm probably expecting you to read my mind somewhere. What What else do you need me to tell you? What am I forgetting to tell you? I don't want to expect you to read my mind. And just absolutely sort of lightening it up that way. Yes. Will that take some of the pressure off? Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, then with that, Phyllis, any final tips that you want to offer with regard to leveraging and really maximizing the value of the the relationship with a virtual assistant? I think one last distinction I wanted to share is, you know, on average, virtual assistant costs you anywhere from, you know, five to eight bucks an hour. So ultimately, you can afford to hire two to three of them compared to the price of one in local United States. So it's okay for you to hire three different people with three different personality. Mm. So they combine together, they are one talent. 
Because sometimes, you know, business owner will also get into the trap that, hey, I wanted to find this person, even though they are five to eight bucks, but I want them to have this, 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 and this. And a lot of times they will come with disappointment because ultimately they couldn't necessarily find the talent at that pool. But at the same time, if you really calculate the money, you could have hired three people and still get the exact same thing that you want. But now you actually have 120 hours instead of 40 hours only. Mm, right. And whether it's 40 hours, you know, a week versus a month versus whatever it is, it doesn't have to be full time. It can be little by little. But to identify, you know, these are the we'll call them the buckets yep. of skill sets that I need for the kinds of tasks, the creative design stuff versus the data entry stuff versus yep. the transcription stuff. And that may require three different VAs. You can't expect people to have all the skills you need, even if they're you know part time. Yes. And it's OK to say to you or to whoever else, you know what, I, I need different people. Can I have, can you hand me somebody else too? It's not that I don't like the first one. I just need an additional one for these other yes. kinds of tasks. Yes. And I find that that will be a lot more relaxing for business owners because now they're very specialized in their strength. Yeah. So you're going to get better outcome too. So Terrific. Terrific. Now, Phyllis, is there anything you'd like to give our audience today? Yes, I actually mentioned about the Brain Numb Worksheet. I would like to, you know, give it to all of you guys as a gift. Because ultimately, if you list down all the stuff that you need to do, you soon realize that you actually do not have to do everything. Like what John Maxwell say, bring yourself to your strength zone. Because if you get your 20% up, everything else will go up at the same time. You don't have to do everything and you do not have to master everything. Yes. Yeah. So in the show notes, everybody take a look at the show notes and we'll give you the link where you can go and download Phyllis's brain dump worksheet. I love the idea of just taking stock of what I do in a day, much less in an entire week and saying, okay, how much of this is? No, I, I really do have to do this. Yes. But then you look at the other list and you go, why am I doing this? Yes. I mean, I know it sort of has to get done, but let me rephrase that. Why am I doing this. This is, and sometimes you feel like, well, it's just, it's my routine or I'm used to. And sometimes you look at it and you go, you know, there's really no reason I should be doing this. There's no reason I can't have someone else take care of these things for me. And frankly, there may be things on it where you go, can I have somebody do that for me? Is it, is it possible to have somebody do that for me? When in doubt, ask, yes. right? Isn't that the rule that, that Phyllis and I have been talking about and that you have with your own employees and your own, whoever else, your own kids, when in doubt, just ask, yes. because that is that's the most important thing is to get clear for yourself. Do I need this or not? So with that, Phyllis, tell us how people can get in touch with you and learn more. You can always email me or, you know, I think uh, Laura is putting down, you know, how to connect with me, schedule yep. an appointment, and then my team will be able to speak with you. Even if it's just, you know, you just want to bring dumb and say, is it possible that I can hire a virtual assistant myself for it? Absolutely. You know, we're just here with open heart because we know that virtual assistant definitely will change anybody's life, whether it's just a mom or realtor, or business owners. Absolutely, absolutely. And for guys too, by the way, this is not just for women by any stretch of the imagination. Dad's out there. We know you guys need just as much help. So with that, Phyllis, thank you so much for taking the time to teach us how to work most efficiently with a virtual assistant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, everybody else, for tuning in. As always, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help even more people increase their confidence, presence, and influence. And finally, if you want to download my free guide to equipment recommendations for virtual influence, including my picks for microphones, cameras, and more, go to speakingtoinfluence.com. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. 
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sacola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for readers who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.